good to be here. Amen. I'm happy to be here. Amen. Uh, in these outlines, especially the first two, there are a number of errors. Okay? I'm responsible for all of them. And there are no excuses for mistakes or errors, but there are reasons. And in this case, there are two reasons. One is that the outlines were composed under uh, duress. Uh, and, and the other is my first line proofreader. Can no longer function. So, anyway, that's why they're there. When I'm aware of one, I'll get make the correction or add it, and we'll go on from there. The general subject is learning to pray at the golden incense altar, and I do believe. There was some leading of the Spirit to express the general subject this way, beginning with the word learning. And I need to open something to you at the start. There is a spiritual principle that Brother Lee points out in the last study of Revelation concerning the first mention of having an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. And that is, hearing is deeper than seeing. And actually, seeing the spiritual things depends very much on what we hear. Because the Lord himself is the Word, and the ministry is the ministry of the Word. The Bible is the written Word. In either Mark or Luke, the Lord says, Take heed how you hear. And in either Mark or Luke, because I just forget which one it is, so I'll do the either or, the Lord says, Take heed what you hear. So in this conference with four messages, of course, the one who speaks is answerable to the Lord for every word and every thought. And I accept that responsibility. But also the congregation has responsibility to hear. The Lord himself said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Our God works through the principle of incarnation. That is, he, the triune God, operates in and through and with human beings. Paul knew this when he spoke of the treasure and earthen vessels. And these vessels, they really are earth. But the treasure is marvelous. 
So you will be blessed and favored by the Lord if you could go beyond the vessel and hear the Spirit. Amen. So we need an ear cleansed and opened by the Lord. In Isaiah 50, we have a prophecy concerning the Lord himself, which says that Jehovah God opened his ear every morning. The God-man himself listened. He said in the Gospel of John, what I hear, that is what I speak. So may the Lord grace us to listen and hear in the Spirit. Then the other matter is related to the word learning. I have no way of knowing, neither do I need to know, what are the cycles in your history with the Lord. But in my personal history, every now and then, I am, I would say, constrained and pressed to reconsider certain matters as if I never studied them before. And I ask simple questions like a child. Lord, what is prayer? What is it? Have I been praying? Are my prayers really prayers? What is it? So we need to be poor in spirit. To let go of everything. If we've been here a long time and have been in hundreds of prayer meetings, and whatever, let's just let it go. And have the spirit of a learner. So, we're not going to be exhorting anyone to start praying at the golden incense altar. This is new territory for us. So let's learn. Learn not how to pray. Learn to pray at the golden incense altar. But even though that's a general subject, the incense altar will not appear for another 24 hours because there are foundational matters, basic matters, that we need to have deeply impressed on our beach. Because if we are off in these matters, we'll never pray at the golden incense altar. We may think we are, we'll be self-deceived. And so, I hope you could join me as a learner, as a disciple, to consider knowing the meaning of prayer and understanding the principle of prayer. You know, of the billions and billions of people on the earth, probably all, the vast majority would have a concept about prayer. Prayer is you need something or want something and you Tell God what you need or want. And that's considered prayer. And if God gives you what you want, then your prayer is answered. If he doesn't, then your prayer is not answered. 
Jay, I will not say this is not prayer. There is a time to make a request known. Paul said so. There's a time to bring our needs. But actually, most of the prayers that originate with us, that are focused on our needs, on our problems, God doesn't regard as prayers. The language is there, the terminology is there. But they are, and this is Watchman Nee's term, echoed by Brother Lee, they're prayers that are not prayers. And I don't want to go on praying prayers that God doesn't honor as prayers. I'd like to be enlightened. I'd like to learn. Then there is another understanding of prayer, which is certainly correct. And one of the ministering brothers among us has emphasized this wonderfully in his share. That prayer is to talk to the Lord, to converse with Him. And this kind of prayer is very close to the meaning of prayer in which we contact God and God contacts us and we absorb Him. So I am not dismissing that prayer is asking God for things. And certainly, I'm not in any way minimizing or depreciating our conversational prayer, which we can talk to the Lord about anything. But honestly, neither one of these are the prayer that is really the prayer that corresponds to God's desire and intention. That is neither kind of prayer is the, is the prayer that can carry out God's administration in the universe and co-labor with God for his move on the earth. So we need to consider the meaning of prayer in a higher divine sense. And if we can come to the Lord, even right now, in such a spirit, but what is prayer? Am I praying mainly in a natural way? Is anyone who's in duress? After 9-11, public officials openly prayed for a day or two. Even some knelt down publicly to pray. I don't think they're praying now unless they're praying for their favorite candidate to beat out all the others. And that isn't prayer either. So what is it? Well, let's look at the outline. We need to know the meaning of prayer. And I don't think there's a mistake yet in the first line. I've got to wait to the second line to identify one. But in Psalm 27, Lord, I seek your face, I will inquire of you. He says we need a divine revelation in every spiritual matter so that we may have God's view. And I would insert here Matthew 6, 9. 
the Lord says, pray in this way. So here's our situation as humans. We have a concept about everything. Brother and sister, they're feeding for each other, they enter into a courtship. <clears throat> Both are riddled with concepts about what marriage is supposed to be, especially what the other party is supposed to be. And these kind of concepts, they don't help because they're never according to the divine reality. So in every spiritual matter requires that the veil be lifted. That's what revelation is. So that we have God's view. God's view of prayer. <clears throat> One says, when we receive revelation from God in the spiritual matter, you get ready for this, we discover how ignorant and contrary our views are. This is our situation concerning prayer. We don't realize this until we're enlightened. Then soon as the light comes and the veil is removed and this matters, we have a spontaneous realization. Lord, I've just been so off. Off in my concept. I would say especially with brothers. The sisters have less confidence in themselves than the brothers, generally speaking. But when the veil is lifted, then we realize, I don't know what this is. Have I been doing this? My view of prayer is contrary to your view. So I'm not going to try to make a case for this. I just know when the veil is lifted, this is what will happen. And eventually when all the believers <clears throat> appear before the judgment seat of Christ, the veil covering everything will be lifted. And they will see their whole life and everything involved in it from God's point of view. But that's not the time that I want to see those things. I'd like to see them now, Amen. little by little. Right? Two, if God would open our eyes to see his view of prayer, we would realize that we do not understand prayer. Uh, I'd like to honor my source of this, for this. It's not me. This is from a book called The Meaning and Purpose of Prayer, written by a mature God-man. Admittedly, he was only in his early 50s, but what he was in his early 50s is very different from what most of us were in our early 50s. And <clears throat> it's good to realize I don't understand it. Now, we're in position to be enlightened. So, the first meaning of prayer is that prayer is to absorb God. Now, that M dash should be followed by a verse. That's, that's what's lacking, Psalm 27.1. Okay. 
So prayer is to contact God and to be under his dispensing and to absorb him into your being. So if you have been praying personally for the companion in a group, in a home, in a district, and after that prayer you sense more God in me, you have been praying. You've been absorbing God. Pray to fellowship with Jesus. Right? In the Spirit, seek His face. Well, his face is shining with the glory of God. It's streaming into you. It's so sweetly penetrating you. And the more you pray in that way, you realize, Oh, Lord, I gain you, whether or not I have the exact answer is secondary. I gained you, and the Lord would say yes, and I gained you. This is what prayer is. Can we all admit that we need more of this? Amen. Not just to understand the definition so we can give a nice little word about it, but to tell the Lord, and some fellowship to follow. Lord, train me to absorb you. Amen. To have the prayer that absorbs God. Prayer causes us to obtain God. We can absorb, obtain God through praise. So this is the first objective. It's not to get something from God. It's to gain God himself. What kind of relationship would it be, humanly speaking? If the only time a person contacted you was when they wanted something from you. They wanted you to do something. They wanted you to give them something. And then you do or you give and then no more contact until they need something else. That isn't personal. You've been on a human level. Now we're talking about relating to the true and living triune God. You think he's happy? That the only time we come to him is when we want something? We want him to do something? We have a problem, we have a situation. We want to know his will as information. So we come to him as if he were a cosmic computer. And we feed him the data and say, Lord, show me what I'm supposed to do. Now I know, thank you. I'll see you again when I need more information. This isn't personal. I don't know what you call it. We are contacting the most wonderful person, the all-inclusive Christ, the living God, our Father, who knows all of our needs. We contact God as God in his sovereignty and mysterious ways. This is the basis of everything. And we'll see later, the Lord through his redemption has made it possible for all of us 
to come to him just as we are. Amen. And begin to absorb him by praying. We drop all the terminology, all the formality, all the routine, and have person-to-person -person contact. That's prayer. Two, to pray is to contact God and to absorb him in that contact. Another dash without verses. So the verses should be four and eight. So we're contacting him first. Now, even in using a cell phone, even just trying to not dial the number, you don't have any connection, and you start talking, you establish the contact first. That's not hard to do, because he's the spirit with your spirit right now. And you turn your heart to him, and you contact him, and then spontaneously you absorb him. You don't have to say, Lord, I'm coming to you because you've been processed and consummated so I can absorb you. What is that? Where did you learn that? That is, sorry, traditional local church nomenclature. That's not personal. Lord, I want to inhale you. I want to absorb you. I want my whole being filled with you. Three, David obtained God as his light and salvation. So he contacted God. God is my light. And God is my salvation. God himself is salvation. You know, when the Lord Jesus was an infant, his parents fulfilled the requirements of the law, and they brought the baby Jesus to the priest to be presented. And an elderly priest named Simeon was there. And it had been divinely revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he was waiting with expectation to see the Messiah, the Messiah, Christ. And Jesus, the infant, was presented to him. And then he said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Amen. What did he see? Not a thing that we call salvation, but a person. And when this infant, who is salvation, was in his ministry, he went into one city and there was this little fellow, he wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus, so he shaded up a, a sycamore tree. And he was not a nice fellow. He was, a, you know, a tax collector. And we know the Lord came. He, he ate with Republicans and tax collectors, right? <laughs> so he lowered himself. And then he, the Lord stops and he speaks to him. And the key has come down. Must stay at your house. Then the text says, the Lord said, salvation has come to your house. And you think Zacchaeus had salvation light, L-I-T-E? Just said, oh Lord Jesus, twice? Uh-uh. 
Here's what he did after he got saved. He would visit all the people he had robbed. Imagine this shrimp of a fellow who misused his authority to defraud you, coming to you with bags of shekels and saying, I'm here to repent to you. I defrauded you. I am giving you four times what I took. That's dynamic salvation. <clears throat> Why are you doing that? Well, salvation came to my house. So David obtained God himself as light and salvation by beholding God through prayer. This is a great key and secret of experiencing God. So we have the first aspect of the definition we're offering tonight is to contact God and absorb God. Okay. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. We're all sinners. That's all there is on the earth. We are still a flesh of sin. We have weaknesses and failures. Quite wonderfully, in the last days of my wife's sojourn with us, my daughter was there helping to take care of her. And she sang with her mother the original version of that hymn, Just As I Am, Without One Plea. So you just come as you are. And the Spirit applies the effectiveness of Christ's redemption to you. And now you may, you have the right through the blood of the Lamb to contact God and behold him and absorb him. Then we go on in point C to the second meaning of prayer. <clears throat> the second meaning of prayer is to express God. So we're not stopping with absorbing. Now, in our utterance of prayer, something other than ourself should be expressed. You may not know it, and it's probably good that you didn't know it until now, but our self, okay, nothing, our self is expressed in prayer in a very particular way. Oh, some dear ones, they think because they're praying, they can be so strong and so this and that. And their prayer is just an expression of self. And I've been in numerous prayer meetings where this battle is going on. It's very sincere ones. Sorry, more often sisters and brothers. Just so stirred up, but they're not expressing God. It's not prayer. They're expressing their feeling. They're expressing their opinion. They expect God to cater to their opinion. In 1997, after Brother Lee released through a letter to the whole recovery what his situation was, there was prayer all over the earth. And there was one prayer meeting where one sister, I'm speaking metaphorically, was just stomping over everybody, demanding from God 
that you do something miraculous. But those who were one with God realized within the Lord intended to take him. So then the prayer has to change. And Brother Lee, in one of his last words, said, I think the Lord wants me to go. If that's the Lord's will, how dare we ask for something else? No matter how we feel, no matter what loss we would sustain. It was the Lord's will. We'll see tomorrow about prayer that expresses God's will. Now, the Spirit is the organ for contacting God. The soul is the organ for expressing the God whom we're contacting. So in order for God to be expressed through our prayer, our soul needs to be subdued. If we're stirred up in our emotion or in our mind, then what's in our spirit has no way out. The soul is a blockade. So the more the Lord can transform our soul, even break our outer man, then the soul can function as the organ of expression. You look at Mary's prayer, when she realizes what is going on in her, she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Consider the tenses. Believe it or not, there was some benefit in studying grammar in junior high. You know? My soul magnifies. My spirit has rejoiced. So the spirit took the lead. And the soul follows to express in prayer the utterance from the Spirit. So one says to express God means to let Him speak. That is to let God be expressed, period. We don't need the word God to be repeated, even though I did it. Now you know why. So we let Him speak. We, didn't we sing, be impressed with His intention? listening earnestly to him. So, I don't want the sisters to answer this question. It's a positive one, outwardly. And the question is based upon the fact that often when brothers want to share something with their wives, they're very clear about the points, and so they sit down, and here come the points. When the wife says, we need to talk, it doesn't mean we need to talk. It means I need to talk and you need to listen. And then she begins to talk and the husband interrupts, what's the point? And if she could be frank with you, she would say, once I know what the point is, I will be clear. But if the husband can lay aside all opinions and just listen, and draw out from her. She will become clear. 
and Sheila Field looked. Now, my fellow learners, married brothers, if you can do this for 30 minutes without interrupting, without rolling your eyes, without sighing, without checking your email, you're on the verge of being raptured. <laughs> so we need to listen. There, there are some hymns written by Brother Lee, this along this line. We even have the thought of listening. Listening earnestly to you. Well, in order for you to listen to another person, so many things that are going on in you have to be subdued. Some can't listen to the end. They have to finish the sentence for you. A sign of being opinionated. So we need to learn to listen so that we, let, we, we are able to express him. Prayer is our letting God speak and express himself. You just consider, please, please, you are communicating with God. Don't you think we itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny God-men should let God speak? No matter what your affiliations politically are, if you were invited into the Oval Office, don't you think you would let the President speak? Do you think it would be appropriate for you just to go on on a monologue? Let God speak. What would happen, even between now and the end of this year, if we all advanced this one matter, letting God speak and express himself? Okay, you have a feeling. Okay, who doesn't have a feeling about this crazy election season we're in? I'd like to know how God feels. The Lord of heaven and earth. And this is a little sidebar, but I think it has some merit. A verse has been in my being, uttered by Nebuchadnezzar. You know, who was really disciplined. He lost his mind for a period of time. It's like a beast. And his sanity returned when he recognized the heaven's rule. And he said, God sets over the kingdom the basest of persons. So, I'd like to ask God. I'm going to vote for God. What is your choice? You're not a Democrat. You're not a Republican. You don't go by opinion polls. Whom would you put there and your wisdom to carry out your purpose. Who will pray for this? The meeting, a prayer meeting in the local church shouldn't be the Republican Party at prayer. There shouldn't be such a thing. But to get beyond, oh, what's in our soul regarding the political situation. And who's going to agree on earth? Maybe it'll have to be the saints in mainland China or somewhere else that are not engaged, let God express himself. 
whenever we pray, we should let God speak. And actually, our prayer is the echo of this speaking. So can we all agree we're not exactly experts at this? I'm not. I'm not making a show of humility here. I believe in your spirit, you know this. I'm learning. I'm glad I still have some time to learn, to let God speak. Let him express himself. Small a, real prayer is our coming to God and letting God speak and express himself instead of speaking our own words and expressing ourselves. Okay. There's a time when you're in fellowship with the Lord, you make your request known. There's a time. And that is a kind of prayer. But we're talking now on the basic meaning of prayer. It's letting God speak. Instead of speaking our own words and expressing ourselves. You know, at least from my observation and direct experience, many, many prayer meetings in the English language prayer meeting in Adonis, a lot of battle going on. Prayer meeting lasts an hour. And I'll give you two real stories. The first one is three sisters were setting one another off, dominating the prayer meeting. And there are probably 80 saints, if not more, in that prayer meeting. And I shouldn't hide behind anonymity. I had the feeling that the Lord wants to change the direction of our prayer. So I stood up. And just standing up communicated something. But I didn't correct anyone. I just said, brothers and sisters, I believe the Lord wants to change the direction of our prayer. I don't know what it is. But we all need to calm down and be quiet. So those three sisters took the lead, at least to be quiet. And then after about 30 seconds, a middle-aged sister began to pray for Boston. Before the whole scene changed. And there was powerful prayer. Echoing that the Lord wanted. The other story is not nearly as significant or dramatic. One sister had the practice of praying many, many times. I'll, I'll tell you in a moment. So quick, no matter where she was sitting, shooting out prayers. And it would go on week for week, and then now I'm I'm counting them for a reason. Okay. And this is very rare because oh, you've got to be careful, you've got to be wise and discerning if you try to adjust the sister in any way. They'll either get angry or they'll use tears as a weapon to control. <laughs> But I sensed I had the ground with this particular sister. But still, I didn't want to hurt her. So 
So the prayer meeting was on a Tuesday, and we were in the same district for the Lord's table. And after it was over, I asked the Lord, cause her to approach me for fellowship. Which she did, and she wanted to share something. And I listened to her, and we had fellowship of what she wanted to say. And then I asked her a question. I said, Sister, and I'm pulling up a mirror. Do you know how many times you prayed Tuesday night? 42 times. Okay? Just letting her see. Not condemning her. Then giving her is some suggestion on how she might exercise her spirit. And to give her credit, she didn't withdraw from the prayer meeting. She didn't leave the Lord's recovery. She didn't wallow in self-pity. She, now, can pray as a member of the body. So, we can have real prayer if we're not so quick to express our own words and express ourselves. Yes, consider this. You come before God and express yourself to God. This is why I tell you, when the light comes, we're really humbled. And little B says, in our prayer, we should say what God is saying within us. In Luke 6, the Lord Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and then he prayed all night in prayer. And the footnote quoting the Greek text says, he prayed in the prayer of God. That means God gave him a prayer. And it took him all night to continue in that prayer. That is when he selected the twelve. A major thing. He didn't just do it. You know, I'm the God-man. I can do this. No. The prayer he prayed was the prayer of God. Is what God was saying within him. He was saying to God. He was absorbing God, then he could express God. Then in James 5, we're told that Elijah prayed in a prayer concerning the drought and the rain. Same principle. What our God is waiting for is our willingness to learn to pray like this. And we're going to learn by doing. And when you learn by doing, it's just like a child learning to walk, or a child learning to talk, or learning a second language. If I were to try to learn Mandarin, I'd be scared to death of the accent, but I'm going to have to be willing for you to correct my accent so I can learn to speak by speaking. But we can have the view. Lord, we would like to pray. We like to say what you are saying within us. Little C, God speaks within us. And to pray is to repeat what he has spoken back to himself. Then we summarize. To pray means to absorb God and to express him. Every prayer should touch God 
and let him pass through us and be expressed. Now the second section is shorter, but in a way it's more crucial. We need to understand the principle of prayer. So let me respond to a question that might be in you, and you should not be afraid to bring forth questions. The truth can handle any challenge, any questioning. The way into the truth is to ask the sincere questions. So consider this. Isn't God omniscient? Doesn't he know everything? And isn't he omnipotent? He's all-powerful, so he can do whatever he wills. Then why does he need us to tell him what he already knows? And to ask him to do what he's fully able to do. He created the whole universe by speaking. Well, this is a reasonable question arising from the natural mind. Then why do we need to pray? Why do you tell God what he already knows? He already knows your heart. Why should you tell him what's in your heart? Whatever. Well, this brings us to a crucial matter that I first mentioned in a general way and then we'll come to prayer. When God created the universe, he acted unilaterally. Actually, there was nothing in existence. No space, no time, no angels, nothing. But once God created beings with a will, angels, and in our case, humans, he doesn't act unilaterally. God has laws, not only in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. Principles that he himself established and that he himself abides by even if it limits him. And we need to realize this. There are these laws. There's a law, there's a principle concerning increase. There's a law and a principle concerning the growth in life, so many things. So now, after God has created human beings with a will, even though we're fallen, the will still is able to have some exercise of its faculties. God will not just act alone as God. There is a principle concerning prayer. Let me try to define it, and we'll go through the outline. And that is, God wants to do something. He will not simply do it. He has established a principle that some ones on earth must be one with him and agree with him in what he wants to do and express that as prayer. Then, by answering their prayer, by doing what they ask, he will do what he wants. This is the principle of prayer. Yes, theoretically, God knows everything. He's omniscient. 
He's omnipotent. He can do everything. But he himself has established the principles, thereby limiting himself temporarily, not eternally, temporarily. I will not act until I have agreement. And God is so faithful to this principle that he will hold back in what he wants to do even if his holding back allows the enemy to do all kinds of things, he will not violate that principle. Some need to seek him, be open to him, agree with him, and express him in their prayer. That is when he will act. I realize the meaning of prayer is quite touching to absorb God and to express God. But the principle of prayer is what's crucial. If we are passive regarding this, if we still cling to the concept God can do whatever he wants, why does he need us? Well, this is how he arranged it. This is a law. Brother Nee has a message entitled, The Limitations of God, related to God's omnipotence. God can do whatever he wills to do, but he has limited the exercise of this omnipotence in such a way that he is waiting for his people to agree with him. The more they agree with him, the more he is free to act without limitation. So in this sense, in a functional and practical way, we determine by our prayer or lack thereof how much God can exercise his power on the earth. We may limit him or experientially we may restore to him enable him. We know you're omnipotent. You have limited yourself to the cooperation of your people. We are cooperating. Amen. We are in harmony with you. Amen. We are one with you. Amen. We agree with you. Amen. We are praying back what you are seek, saying within us. Then the Lord can say, now I can do it. Do you think the omnipotent God could not have dissolved the Soviet Union anytime he wished? Could he not have opened the Russian-speaking world anytime he wished? But he didn't. But there were brothers in the Seattle area for years before 1989 when the Soviet Union collapsed were burdened to pray for Russia. Some were learning Russian. They prayed for Russia. Their prayer released the God of heaven and earth to open Russia. It didn't just happen. The Lord says, I wonder what I'll do today. I think I'll tear down the Berlin Wall. I think I'll dissolve the Soviet Union. I've had enough. No. He wanted to do that. I wonder what he wants to do about North Korea. I wonder what's in his heart about that evil dynasty. 
and has erected huge golden images of the first two dictators on a site that was the site of a marvelous revival in the early 20th century. It can't be just Koreans praying political prayers. It can't just be us praying out of our feeling. You know, we've got feelings about that fellow, you know, weird hairdo, what, this and that. How much, how much does our God want to accomplish So we need to see this principle. He will not act alone. He will act in coordination with us through our prayer. So he will make known what he wants to do to someone or someones like he did to that dear sister in that prayer meeting in Anaheim when we all were quiet and she in her intuition and in her fellowship sensed Boston. God is going to move in the Northeast. He's been held back for 30 years, but the times, they're a change. Right? Give Bob Dylan a little credit if he's the author of that. But they don't just change. God doesn't just do it. Are you clear? How momentous this is. To see this principle of prayer, especially in the prayer ministry of the church. Okay, now I think we can read through this section. Okay, we need to understand the principle of prayer. See in Matthew 18, 18 and 19. You really have a vital group there, two or three. It doesn't have to be in a large meeting. And I can testify to this. My experience is limited. I have prayed with a companion. Prayers that shook the earth. Not because we're powerful. No. The Lord gathers you into his name. That means you're out of yourself. You're in his name by being in the spirit. Then you realize. Heavens have bound something. And the heavens have loosed something. Because the Lord says, whatever you bind will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose will have been loosed in heaven. So the heaven has bound this thing. Probably has bound that dictator in North Korea. This is an illustration, not as a distraction. Then some come together. In harmony. This is the condition. They are in harmony. And they are in the Lord's name. And the Lord indicates through intuition and fellowship. This has been bound. But he will not act until the earth binds. And sorry to say, we make a certain mistake. We usually pray, Lord, we ask you to bind. But the Lord would like to say, I already bound it. You bind. Remember when Israel was trapped between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army? And people are crying out to Moses. 
Moses is in the middle and he's calling out to God. And God is saying, why are you calling out to me? Stretch forth your rod. I'm one with you. Stretch it out. And I will act. That's the principle of prayer. You come together. God has loosed this. God has released this to happen. Someone has been away from the Lord for 20 years. Thousands of prayers have gone up. But this time you sense the Lord has released him from his situation. And now instead of begging and crying and pleading, the heavens have released him. We release him. And then God releases him. Same with the binding and loosing. A, it is not a matter of how much we pray. So this is not an appeal to pray more, but to pray differently. It is not a matter how much we pray, but a matter how much we have prayed according to the principle of prayer. Only those prayers that are according to the principle of prayer are worthwhile. We may, we may pray many things according to our feeling, according to our view. Doesn't matter how much we do it, how much energy we expel, the Lord would say, it's worthless. It has nothing to do with me. You're not one with me at all. You are not honoring the principle. I am waiting for prayers that are according to my established principles. You have to be emptied out. You have to be open in spirit. You have to have no opinions about anything. Whom the Lord may want to put in the Oval Office starting next year, may be altogether different from your opinion and feeling. I, I've, got, I've got feelings, but I, but I will not pray according to them. I cannot. I dishonor the Lord. What is your choice? To me, it's, it's a kind of disgrace for Christians. First, many would not, they never accepted Bill Clinton. Then many never accepted George W. Bush. Then many never accepted Barack Obama. Who are we? Heaven's rule. <clears throat> as long as we have the sense of the Lord's choice. In the year 2000, when that election was disputed over the situation in Florida, there was a three-week period of prayer in the church in Anaheim. Because you sensed Resistance in the air to the will of God. And we didn't pray as Republicans. We prayed for God's will to reach the earth. And made a very difference because the Lord knew 9-11 is coming. And who is the president will make a tremendous difference. And who are his advisors? A tremendous difference. So we pray because that was the Lord's intention, not our conviction. 
So we like to learn to pray like this. Well, he, don't promise to do it from now on. Come on, can't you learn? You can't keep promises tomorrow, let alone by the next prayer meeting. Don't consecrate to pray this. That's another promise you can't keep. Let's just say, Lord, teach us to pray like this. Train us. We're learners. See, he's very good at praying like this. Now he wants to pray in us in this same way. B, the principle of prayer is that God's people have to pray before God will rise up to work. That's the principle. So I repeat, I think it's necessary. God wants to do something. He will not do it until we ask him, or even according to Isaiah, respectfully, tell him to do it. The verse in Isaiah, concerning my sons, concerning the work of my hands, command me. Tell me to do what I want to do, respectfully. Well, in order for us to do this, we have to know what God wants to do. That requires our fellowship, our listening, our beholding him, and somehow we know. I referred to that same meeting. It wasn't a co-worker in the meeting who got the leading. It wasn't one of the elders of the church in Anaheim who got that leading. It was a 50-year-old sister, a serving sister, who got that leading, and we all knew right away. This is God's. This is what God wants to do. So before God opened up this area and cleared the situation, we prayed. This is the principle. God will not violate it. Now, when we're in the kingdom age, when we're in eternity, things will be different. But in this age of grace, the age of the church, this principle governs. One, God will not act independently. He will act in response to our prayer. We'll consider John 15, 7 in detail tomorrow, probably. But that verse says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want. And it will be done. Well, that doesn't mean how. I want a Mercedes. <laughs> well, yes, okay, you want a Mercedes, you want a yacht, whatever it is. No, you abide in the Lord, and His words abide in you. And this mutual abiding is just terminating all that's going on within you about what you want. And then the Word makes known to you what God wants. And then you want what he wants. You don't just mimic him. Genuine prayer comes from a desire. You want it. You agree with God. Then you pray back to him what he has made known to you. Then he will act. What a marvelous coordination this is between the head and his body. Two, Prayer never changes anything. Maybe some of you had a plaque in your religious days. Prayer changes things. Well, what does it mean to say prayer never changes anything? 
you think you can change God's mind? You think you can convince him? Convince him? No, don't do this. Could I have come to the God of heaven and earth and say, I don't agree that my wife goes to you now. I don't accept this. I fight against this. You think that would be pleasing to him? You think he's going to change his mind? We don't change things. We can't force God to do what he doesn't will to do. That's what we mean. It doesn't change anything. That's why we have to be the first to be subdued and to be one with the Lord and agree with him no matter what it is. It was his will that I meet Susan Harris March 1st, 1963. It was his will that it would be love at second sight on March 2nd. It was his will that we got married July 30th, 1966, not when we thought in 1964. And it was his will that we leave all of Christianity and travel from suburban New York to the West Coast to meet the church. And it was his will to take her through the means of death. It was not an accident. Mind, no matter what my feeling is, to try to twist God's arm. He is God of heaven and earth. He is my Lord. He is on the throne. May His will be done, whatever it is. Prayer only accomplishes what God has ordained. So if God has not ordained something, no amount of prayer will accomplish it. You just consider when David had the relationship with Bathsheba and arranged for the murder of her husband and took her as his wife. She was with child. How David prayed all night for the Lord to spare that child. Just in his humanity, appealing to the Lord's mercy. Then, after the child died, he didn't know, but the servants were talking. And they were afraid to tell David. He said, if he is distraught now, how will will be? When we tell him the child died, he said, what were you talking about? He said, the child has died. He said, I, I, I will go to him. And he immediately got up, washed himself, changed his clothes, and went into him. Because he accepted God's decision in that mess. He wasn't trying to change God's mind. He was he knew he could appeal to God's mercy. Maybe God would be merciful. But God made a governmental decision regarding that man. And David respected it. And was not offended at God for what he didn't do. And sooner or later, we will all learn this lesson. Not only to be 
challenged by what he does, but by what he doesn't do. John the Baptist is in prison. If anyone was clear concerning the Messiah, it was John the Baptist. He declared, this is the Lamb of God. I'm not qualified to unloose the sandal, the tie of his sandal. Now he's in prison, and he's doubting, so he sends this kind of coded message. Are you the Christ? Are you the coming one, or should we look for another? Then the Lord says something like this. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. The diseased are healed, the dead are raised. Blessed is he who has not stumbled in me. John, I'm doing all these things for others. Nothing for you. Eventually, this will become our situation. And years ago, the Lord began to shine that verse into me and to show me my ability to be stumbled at him if he would touch any of the ones I love, my wife or my church. He exposed that in me. I thank him for this. I'm no better than John. God does what he wills. We agree with him. He does not do what he doesn't want to do. We agree with him. Is he still our God? Or would we end up being offended at him? My daughter asked her mother two questions several weeks apart. The first was when she was with her mother in the emergency room on December 31st, which led to one thing after another. She asked her mother, Mom, are you ready to meet the Lord? And her mother, and she's a straight talker, said, Becky, since I was very young, I have been preparing myself to meet the Lord. Of course I am ready. Then much later, much, much later toward the end, Becky asked her another question. She said, Mom, are you angry with God because of your illness? She said, no. No fear, no anger, no offense. You know what Brother Ed testified to me? When he and his wife and Benson visited us in the hospital the evening of the day we received the conclusive diagnosis that she had just weeks. She was there, really ministering to them, fully at peace. Took me aside, he said, her whole inner being is full of light. The Lord has to gain a lot in us. He is being blasphemed. He's being cursed. He's being blamed all over the earth. Where are those who will take the lead to vindicate him? God is righteous. God is faithful. God is wise. God is loving in what he 
and what he doesn't do. Our entire relationship of three years was predicated on the perfect will of God. Not permissive. Perfect will of God. And shortly before she passed, I went to see her. I was with her. And I know she couldn't talk much. And I said, dear, the perfect will of God for me. And she smiled and said, and if we're touching something mysterious, the Lord must have a people who are one with him, who will let him do whatever he wants to do, and will not be stumbled if he doesn't do what they want him to do. I remember being in a prayer meeting. I was helped by this brother's prayer because it was so genuine. A brother was mortally ill, grievously ill. So we prayed. And this brother's prayer was very honest. He said, Lord, we know that you have a will, but we have a desire. We don't want our brother to die. So we expressed this to you. Otherwise, we're not genuine. But, by expressing this to you, we honor your will in this message. And he went to the Lord. See, by nature, none of us is like this. Our being could never be like this. We may think we're absolutely for God, and then you get a little owie. Not even a tragic blow, not a trauma, a little owie. And you're finished. But oh, I do believe the Lord speaking will not be in vain. His word will not return to him empty. He will have all over the earth sisters and brothers praying like this. Churches, home meetings, Bible groups praying like this. Thank the Lord for the different time zones. And my prayer is that there will be unceasing prayer according to the principle of prayer. Offer it unceasing until the end of this age. Amen. That the Lord in the heavens will always have a conduit, a channel on the earth. Maybe in Tasmania. Maybe in China. Maybe in Russia. Maybe in Dusseldorf. Maybe somewhere else. That at any given time, there are members of the body praying according to the principle of prayer. And the Lord can impart to them an intuitive sense of what he wants to do. And they do not pray according, pray according to their opinion or according to their feeling. They just echo to the Lord what that is. Amen. And I'll tell you, this prayer, oh, what it releases. And one thing has become real to me. The body of Christ has never been more real to me. The prayers, the petitions of saints all over the earth release the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. But say no one prayed. Will there be the supply? Paul knew this. This will turn to my salvation 
through your petitions and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you sense, but what I sense is a whole new realm opening up to us that we can explore now for the rest of our days and raise up another generation to inherit all that we have learned and all that we have experienced. And the Lord will finally get the prayers He needs to carry out His will. See, God in heaven will only bind and loose what His children on earth have bound and loose. Whether it be binding or loosing, all of God's work in heaven is carried out according to our prayer on earth. When His people on earth bind what He in the heavens intends to bind, He will follow their prayer and bind according to their requests. The highest point of our working together with God is to ask in one accord for God to accomplish what He intends to accomplish. I believe we're beginning to see your spirit is open. So my spirit is free to flow because your spirit is open and you're listening. What's the meaning of prayer? To absorb God. What is the meaning of prayer? To express God. What is the purpose of prayer? Is that God does not act alone. He's waiting for our prayers. He acts according to our prayers. He makes His will known. His will becomes ours. We express this in prayer. Then God fulfills His desire by fulfilling our desire which is expressed in prayer, which is actually the expression of his desire. Can we now, just simply to receive, they're not here charging anyone to do this from now on, we're all learning, but are you willing right now to receive abundant grace, to learn to pray like this? I'd like to learn with you all, by being just long, to pray again and again in any situation with brothers, with brothers and sisters, in homes, with a companion, in districts, in a home meeting, in a district meeting, whatever it is, to pray like this. And we will see our God move about for all we can ask or think. So I'd like to praise the Lord, not only for what He's done, I'd like to praise Him in advance for what he will do Amen. in response to our prayer. Amen. Praise him. Amen. This is learning to pray. Part one. We're not at the golden incense altar yet, but we're laying the foundation, and then we will all arrive at the golden incense altar and begin to discover another universe of prayer. Amen. It is plenty of time. The meeting was not, message was not overlooked long, and so I leave to the brothers to direct us in how to use the remaining time. Just welcome your fellowship or whatever the Lord leads.
Decades of misfiring, misfirings of prayers, uh, not even understanding. What was shared tonight is so simple, but so profound. Uh, the first point about the meaning of prayer, I just am so touched. We are having fellowship with the God of the universe. There's no other religion, no other anything on the universe that compares to being in fellowship with Him. And I've been touched over and over again. The Lord stops me. Minister to me first. Spend some time to minister to him. Just get lost in him. Absorb him. He loves that. And we need to be so caught up in his dispensing. The other thing, though, on the principle of prayer, it, it's, um, it's just so remarkable. I thought for years our prayer changed things. And uh, God actually simply is fulfilling the things he's already accomplished or ordained. And so it's just a matter of us coming into agreement, into oneness with what already has been done in the heavens. And uh, so often, Lord, just uh, my experience is I'm not praying much. The most important thing is to spend time absorbing him, spending time with him. And then he has a prayer. I just hit that one prayer. And maybe only for a few minutes. But I have the confidence that's much more effective than even hours of prayer to pray simply what he's praying. Because this is his principle. And he needs our cooperation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I was touched that uh, the Lord finds already. And the Lord releases already. And what he says to us is, you bind and you loose. And when we do not bind what he is bound, when we do not lose what he has loosed, he does not violate that principle. And whatever is happening, whatever Satan is doing, he keeps doing it until we bind what the Lord has already bound, and we loose what the Lord has already loosed. Uh, may we be uh, the saints and, and the churches that do not uh, limit the Lord. Uh, may we pray in, in this way that the Lord can uh, work in an unlimited way on the earth to gain and accomplish His purpose. Praise the Lord. Amen. Even though Brother says the second part is probably more important, 
pray according to the principle. Uh, but I like the first part. Imagine uh, if we pray correctly, we absorb God and we express God. Wow! What more blessing can you get by absorbing God and express God? So, uh, in the beginning, Brother uh, uh, mentioned that uh, uh, listening is very important. Right? We listen, if we listen careful, listen closely, we really receive what's being told, what's being expressed. And then we need to learn. So, uh, I'm really glad that we have this wonderful message. Uh, the meaning of prayer. We need to absorb God through our prayers. And we need to uh, express God through our prayer. And of course, we need to pray correctly according to the principle Brother Fellowship with us. Brother Ron expressed his burden that we can touch a new dimension in, in our prayer. And in that, uh, that, that dimension is that we would bind and loose. Uh, the heavens has already bound and loose things, but the Lord's will in Matthew 18 is that we would bind and loose. Oh, Lord Jesus. Many, many times we pray, but we have not touched this dimension of prayer is that man's will is one with God's will. And then when man, when we pray, our prayer is an expression of God's will, and then God, God moves. But in order for us to pray in this way, we have to be one with God. We have to be terminated in our natural being, and we have to be filled with God, so that we're no longer praying according to our opinions, according to ourselves, or according to our views. But we are one with God because we are filled with God. And then when we pray, our prayer is an expression of God's will. And then God acts according to what we have prayed because it was his will in the beginning. Saints, I just feel like we need to enter into a new dimension of prayer, a new realm of prayer in which, in which really, we really touch God. And we are one with God. Before we touch the principle of prayer, we need to uh, need to uh, know the meaning of prayer. The prayer is absorb God. Oh, Lord Jesus! The more we absorb Him, you can be one with Him. I today I really enjoy Mary's uh, testify. He said, "My soul magnify, my spirit." Rejoice! So we must uh, exercise our spirit to enjoy Lord, to receive Him. Then we need our soul to subdue Him. Let Him speak. Oh, then, then our soul can be magnified. Him. Or our prayers express ourselves. That's terrible. Lord Jesus. Get our spirit! Get our soul! Then we can hear him, then we according we can pray according to his will. Amen. 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 Amen.
feeling on, I believe we're at an unprecedented time uh, in history. And I just have the sense, Lord, grant the spirit of a learner. I really want to learn this weekend. I want my prayers to be effective, to match God's heart. Every time I'm with the Lord, I want to absorb Him. Come away expressing Him. I want these these prayers to count. I'm looking forward to coming to the golden incense altar. This is where the universe is is, is governed, or at least executed. I have no idea how to pray at the golden incense altar. But I want to learn. Beginning to know the principles of prayer. And in learning... Uh, having the spirit of a learner, you know, we need ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches. This is what is on God's heart today. This is what it has come out of one's in fellowship with Him. He's infusing His burden that, that His church, His people, would be brought into this kind of prayer life to spend time at this golden incense altar and the execution of His economy in this universe. Praise the Lord for this conference this weekend. We all need to have a spirit of learning. And recently I found out, you know, in my personal time with the Lord, I found out, you know, I was veiled by many of my concepts. I pray according to a moral standard, or I pray according to a corporal spiritual standard, or a biblical standard. Ask the Lord to fulfill it. I found out, Lord, how much I was failed. I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not open to you. So I just appreciate what Brother has said. You know, we have to pray according to God's view. And just come to Him, to absorb Him, to listen to Him. The Lord is tired up for my uh, years of uh, speaking to the same thing, uh, struggling with the same thing. Oh Lord Jesus, Amen. I just appreciate. Uh, we all need to learn. And the other thing is, um, yeah, the principle of prayer. I was very touched. You know, within me, there's a fear within me. Sometimes, you know, I just feel you know, that the resistance, even the simplest, uh, simple resistance within me, the Lord may walk away because He has a law. Uh, he doesn't want to. Uh, hit, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to stop it. So I just appreciate, Lord, how I need you. Amen. Amen. How I need, uh, Lord, to uh, listen to you, to, uh, to learn how to pray. Yes. So share, uh, I really echo our brother's sharing. Uh, uh, it's, it's new, it's fresh, but the Lord has reminded me what he's sharing is exactly what the Lord taught us how to pray. The Lord says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in the heaven. And since the Lord just suddenly I just realized that the battle in the spiritual realm is a battle of the wills. Whether God's will will take precedent or our will or any other will. So for us to pray is to yield, is to know and to express His will. And when we do that, the Lord gains the upper hand. And the enemy is shamed. Praise the Lord. So maybe for the rest of time, we have uh, one minute, one sharing, and one standing. Okay? Praise the Lord. 
I enjoy that prayer is to let God speak to express himself. Uh, most times in our prayer, we're so quick um, having all the ideas, but we need to just drop our concepts. And also I enjoy that we, we, we learn by doing. So it doesn't mean that today we stop praying and then say, okay, I don't know how to pray, but we just learn by doing and opens the Lord so that he teaches us how to pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And I really have the desire to learn. Learn to pray. Amen. I think this is today, even this morning revival this morning, the Lord has shine upon us. I see the, I think we really met uh, the speaking tonight. This morning, morning revival is about strength incense and the strength fire. So that so I was before the Lord say, Oh Lord, how much prayer my prayer is is not with Christ. How much prayer is motivated by our nature, natural desire? Oh, Lord Jesus, the real prayer is to adopt God and express God and fully one with God. Oh, this is by our learning, learning to pray, learning through our prayer, the Lord can carry out what on His heart. His will can be done. Amen. Praise Lord. Whenever we come to the golden incense altar, and whatever we pray for, we, we don't need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray for God's eternal economy. And also, uh, we need to pray for all His churches. We pray for His uh, recovery, and just stand in front of the golden incense altar, we will, we will know what the gods will guide us, and we will know what who we are and what God will want to indicate us for. And just pray for his recovery, and learning, learning to hear what he speaks to us. Amen. I enjoy that. Prayer is listening earnestly to him. I thought prayer was giving the Lord some good ideas, and maybe you know he would answer some of them. But prayer is listening to him and then expressing his thought back to him so that he can do what he wants to do on the earth. Praise Lord. Tonight I just realized, uh, realized that God has a will. Uh, and uh, regardless of our own opinions or our own desires, he wants to carry out his will. He doesn't want us, he doesn't want this to try to change his will through offering up, you know, kind of prayers according to our concept. But he wants to carry out his will. And in order to do this, uh, he needs ones who can learn how to pray in this kind of way. Uh, and this, this verse is just so fresh to me. John 15, 7. It says, Abide in me. And my words abide in you. Uh, there's just a longing within my being, Lord, what are your words? Right? We need to allow the Lord to speak to us in our times of prayer. Praise the Lord, saints. Um, I was touched by the thought of the perpetual prayer meeting. So there are all these time zones over the whole earth, and to have the body of Christ praying everywhere all the time. And I was just reminded in, uh, in 1727, uh, the Moravian Brethren with Count Zinzendorf, they started a prayer meeting. And it lasted perpetually for 100 years. And then at the end of that time, uh, 
the Lord was able to open China and to send his move there and eventually gain the ministry of the age. So I was just I was just considering if you know if, if I can be trained, if we can all be trained to learn to pray the way the Lord wants us to pray. And there's this perpetual prayer going on all around the world. Um, I believe this will end the age and bring in uh, the Lord's kingdom to this earth. I appreciate it. We need to have a learning spirit. We need to have a learning spirit to pray according to the principle of prayer. I was so touched by this point here. It is not a matter of how much we pray, but a matter of how much we have prayed according to the principle of prayer. Please consider every day there are millions and possibly billions of people praying on the earth. But how many of them are praying according to the principle of prayer? Praying prayers that correspond with God's desire and intention and co-labor with Him. I just so appreciate the Lord limits Himself. He will not act until He has agreed. And this picture that He has found something in heaven, but He is waiting for a group of saints to come together <coughs> where He can reveal that intention to one of the members. And one of that members has that sense, and that member uh, speaks that binding on the earth. And the other members echo that, and then God is able to bind that on earth. Amen. Hallelujah for the principle of prayer. Amen. I look forward to learning more this weekend. really confirmed that God is humble. Uh, it says in James that God is not a God of disorder but of peace. Um, and, you know, peace, you know, irene in the Greek means oneness and wholeness. And, you know, if it's God's desire that, you know, his people would be one with him and agree with him with his desire, and he doesn't act until his people pray his desires back to him uh, and he limits himself to that uh, that indicates to me that God really is humble Father. So I always thought that I can just make my request to you know, 
stand back and take what I wanted because I thought we could be negotiating, right? <laughs> no, we need to honor God's book. Stop praying, never changes his law. He has his sovereignty. We need to learn how to accept his law and accept his sovereignty. Amen.